Let's just be still for a moment and remember and know that He is God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. we thank you that we are set free by your blood. Lord Jesus, that you, you are the perfect sacrifice. You were the perfect one who came and gave it all for us upon the cross. Yes, Lord. And that it is well with our soul today because of your sacrifice for us. Lord, that by faith in you, we are saved. Thank you. And we want to say thank you. We want to praise you. Lord, remind us today of all that we have in you. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank we, you, we live in such an age where we are taught to be self-dependent. We're taught to be independent, to need no one, need, need no thing. But to be enough in and of ourselves. What an amazing blessing it is to know that we don't have to fix our eyes on ourselves. We fix our eyes on God. That's what I love about that song is that it's not about us. I've done nothing but to fix my eyes on Jesus. Amen. And he does the rest. Mm. Yes. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. You may be seated and God help us to rest in that thought every day of our lives, that we are set free by Him, that it is by faith that we have life and all that we have in Him. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to say again a huge thanks to our, our sound guys who've been here through the week, uh, sorting out and working out and, and trying to work out how this new sound system works, and hopefully you can hear okay. Uh, hopefully you can hear me even better than ever. And uh, if, you're, if there is anything that you can just pick up, it's like, oh, I just noticed this, or feel free to just put on a care card, let us know. If we don't know, we can't fix it. So um, thanks, guys. Doing a good job there, Dave. <laughs> He's like, now everyone knows who's up there. Anyway, thank you, Lord. Well, it's a new, it's a new day. It's a new year. And who remembers that feeling of going to school on that first day back and, you know, you get over that first start of the day, jitters, you have in your tummy. I was, I was at school on the first day back this year as a chaplain, because I'm a chaplain, and whoop, is that me? It is me. Whoop, I'm just going to see if this is plugged in bright. Um, we'll try that. Um, and you, you get over those initial jitters, and, um, and <laughs> everything's working properly, and just as it should. And, and you, you're told to get out your new uh, book, your new English folder or whatever it is, your new maths book, and you get it out, and it's that first page, and you fold it flat. It's like, I don't even want to write on this page. So you turn it over and you start on the second page. Does anyone ever do that? Yeah, some of you do. Some of you are going, what are you talking about? That's a waste of paper. And, and you get out your new pencils, and they're sharp. And don't you hate it when you get them out for that first time and you go to use them and you're like, they're, the, they're those cheap, dodgy pencils? And you go, oh no, I've got a year of dodgy colouring in to go. Unless you go and buy your own pencils. Or you get your new pen out and it just works and it's fresh and it's new. And you go, oh, this is lovely, nice, fresh book, fresh pens, fresh pencils. Does anyone remember that feeling? 
And some years maybe you didn't have the fresh pencils and you're like, oh, oh, for that day when I can have fresh pencils and a fresh book again. Or maybe the feeling of fresh socks, you know, that feeling of fresh socks that haven't had dirty sand in them ever and they're just so fresh and clean and white. You know, because you've had summer and you've been on holidays and you've had sand in your socks for the last month. Anyway, I'm going to too much. Uh, anyway, it's a new year and hopefully you're excited, you're feeling fresh, you're, you're excited and ready to go. But I know for some of us, actually, we haven't had any holidays. It's kind of just like day number 5,000 and we're just still going. Maybe that, I won't ask you to put your hand up. But maybe you're not feeling that fresh and to be honest, you're not feeling that excited and maybe if you're really honest, you're actually feeling a little discouraged and overwhelmed that, oh my goodness, here we go again. And you don't have to put your hand up if that's you. But this morning, I want to speak to both groups of people. I want to speak into both situations. But really, if you are feeling in that place of feeling like, I don't know if I can do this. I had this dream in my heart. I had this thing that I felt like God had called me to, but I feel like it's gone. I can't do it. It's too late. I am overwhelmed and I can't do it. I really, really, really pray that God will speak into your life and your heart and you will leave this place feeling stirred and, and, and with faith and with courage in Jesus' name. Is this too crackly? I'm going to try and keep going. Anyway, maybe I should... Anyway. Thank you, Lord. Lost my train of thought. <laughs> Maybe we should put that box back up on the shelf there. Maybe that's the issue. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> okay, what was I going to say? Oh, that's right. I was talking to someone the other day about an experience I had just recently. Um, we went to Ballarat to watch, um, I'm sure you all knew the National Cycling Championships were on in Ballarat the other week. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone knew that. Fantastic. Um, and we were over there. And uh, I caught up with an old friend of mine that I, I rode with a little bit who, who n normally races in the elite race and has done quite well. Um, did I just stop working? Sorry, I'm struggling. <laughs> I caught up with this guy. I'm like, oh, good day, good to see you. How's things? And I said, oh, you're racing this afternoon? He's like, nah, mate, nah. It's like, I'm like, what? You've got a race. You, you race every year. He's like, nah, I've retired, mate. I'm like... You, you race, and like you're, you're the same age as me. And I realised all the guys my age are starting to retire. <laughs> and it was, it was a real pin in the sand moment, like a stake in the ground moment, and one of those revelations of, oh my goodness, I am getting that old that fellow riders I used to ride with are now retiring from the sport. And it was, you know those moments where you, you have a, make a decision and you think, I can always change my mind later. I can always, you know, I'm doing this now, but I could change my mind and go back to doing that other thing. But I realised I have no chance of changing my mind and going back to trying to become an Olympic cyclist. <laughs> that moment is gone. But then the other day we were um, out, so we went for a drive to Apollo Bay. Do I need to grab a handhold? I feel like it's just dropped right out. No? That's okay, sorry. <laughs> We went for a drive to Apollo Bay and uh, 
we're driving along and just imagine you're me for a moment, okay? You love bike riding, it's fun to ride bikes, it's fun to ride up hills and we're driving to Apollo Bay and there's this part of the drive to Apollo Bay and every time I've driven it for the last 20 years I've thought, I cannot wait to ride up this hill one day. You know that feeling? <laughs> anyone? Is there anyone here today? Yay! There we go. Anyway, you know, it's, it's about halfway between, between Forest and Apollo Bay, probably maybe two-thirds even, and it's like that section where you're driving along and the road just goes up and it sort of goes around to the right, really sharp right-hander. Does anyone know that little hairpin? And every time I drive up there, I'm like, I can't wait to ride my bike up here. But to be honest, the last couple of years, I've driven up around that corner, I've gone, I always used to want to ride up this hill. <laughs> It ain't gonna happen anymore. I'm too far gone. I have no fitness left. It's never gonna happen. And I just wanna say that for some of us, things have passed and we need to move on. But sometimes there is simply a change in our life that needs to take place so that we can be or do that thing that God has called us to be or do. Because praise be to God, over the last couple of months, I've got a little bit fitter. And Tuesday, I got to ride my bike up that hill and I have a new favourite climb. Woo! <laughs> and that's not the hill because it was too steep to be taking photos. And I wanted to ride up it. I didn't want to be stopping taking photos. But I got to ride the Apollo Bay and the next one, that, that was a great feeling. Because I'm at the top of the hill and the next 10Ks was really fun. And exhilarating. But I want to say to you this morning, and the title of our series as we look at the book of 2 Timothy this term, over the next eight weeks as we look at the book of 2 Timothy, we've been, we're going to be talking about being transformed for a glorious purpose. We have been transformed. We are being transformed for a glorious purpose. God has a glorious purpose in mind for you, and you are not too far gone. It is not over. You are not too old. You're not too young. God can do it in and through you. Hopefully we'll get more amens by the end of the message. <laughs> As we look at the book of 2 Timothy, I just want to remind you that the book of 2 Timothy is written by Paul. It's Paul who's writing to Timothy and um, I think I'll just grab a microphone. <laughs> Sorry, I can't handle it. How's this one? Are we right with that one? So, Timothy, uh, sorry, Paul is writing to Timothy. There we go. Paul's writing to Timothy. And Paul met Timothy in Lystra. It's a Roman city. And Timothy is a, we read in uh, Acts chapter 16 about Timothy, how his mother was a Jewess and his father was a Greek. And, you know, Paul had a dramatic transformation in his life. Paul was Saul. He was. The, the Jew who passionately persecuted the Christians. And yet, God transformed his life for a glorious purpose in a miraculous way. You know, we don't know how Timothy's conversion took place. We know his mum was a Jew and his dad was a Greek who probably didn't really have any kind of, well, maybe he was a, a, living in a Roman city and become a real Roman and just sort of had lots of gods. We don't know about his father. But Timothy also had been transformed. He had faith in Jesus Christ. You know, some of us, our transformation is, is, is big, it's like, wow, it's, it's amazing, it's, it's really, um, like Paul's, 
And some of us, our transformation is like Timothy. It's maybe a little bit quiet, it's, it's gradual, but both transformations are so miraculous. If God has worked in your life and given you faith, it is a miraculous transformation and it is awesome. And the transformation you may go through even this week, this year, it may be dramatic like Paul's, it may be subtle and slow and quiet like Timothy's, but it is significant. And you know, Paul writes to Timothy and it says uh, in the book of Timothy that Paul calls Timothy a young man. And the book of Timothy is written about 15 years after he first meets Timothy. So chances are, Timothy, when Paul first met him, was still a teenager. And yet the Bible tells us in Acts 16 that he was well, well regarded by the men of that city. And guys, I want to speak to our teenagers here today that you can be used by God in amazing ways. He has a glorious purpose for your life today and not just when you become 25 or 30. And if you're 85, God has a, a, a glorious purpose for you still today and not just when you're 45 or 55 and so on. And we, we read as we look through the book of Acts that Saul, oh, sorry, Paul uh, sent Timothy to Corinth to try and settle some of the disagreements and things that are going there. As a young man, God used him. But, uh, he was called to lead the Ephesian church. And he also, we read in uh, Thessalonian, uh, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians and Philemon that he also co-authored those books with, with Paul. So that's, that's Paul, that's Timothy that's uh, writing and receiving this letter. But before we read the, the book of 2 Timothy, um, I just want to read from Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. It says this, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God's mercies are new today. His love is for you today and there is a, a new start for you to have today. Doesn't matter what happened yesterday, doesn't matter what happened this morning on the way to church when you were trying to get everyone dressed for church and you couldn't and you locked your keys in the car. Whatever happened, his mercies are new every day. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says this, verse 15 and 16, as God's grace reaches more and more people, Lord let it be this year, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Let that be true of us, Lord. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. You know, my body is getting older. I had to go to the physio because I had this dodgy shoulder this week. I'm like, Lord, what's with that? It's like this body is getting older. And you're going, you're still in your 30s, Andy. What are you talking about? But I can't do the same things I did in my 20s. And our bodies get older, they get, they get frail, they get weak. But our spirits are being renewed every day. You know, I want to be an old man one day who is just so alive with the, 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 the renewing of God's spirit that I'm so full of passion for my saviour and love of my God that I'm just jumping for joy on the inside even if I might be just walking along at this speed in my whatever age I am. I might be slow in, on my outside but I want to be full of joy and, and, and passion for life and God and people no matter how old I am. Our spirits are being renewed every day. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 and this is the, the memory verse the kids are learning this morning. 
says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. God's will is good. It is pleasing and it is perfect. He wants you to know his will, to be transformed that you would know him, that you would live this life in the way he's called you with a knowledge of his saving grace and his his mercy for you day by day. So let's open our Bibles. Let's have a look at the book of 2 Timothy and chapter 1, verse 1. The book of 1 Timothy is... uh, To be honest, I was was praying and reading through the book of Timothy and 1 and 2 Timothy uh, last year and I really felt God was calling us to look at the book of Timothy and I'd been reading through the first book and the second book and, and, and finally thought, no, we're just going to skip over the first book this time. The first book's kind of all about um, sorting out some of the, the, the heresies and the, the, the disagreements that had been come up in the church and how to, how to coordinate the leadership within the church and what uh, the leaders of the church should be like. But then we get to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1 and verse 1. And let's read it together. It says, This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I've been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. I'm writing to Timothy, my dear son. May God, the Father, and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Who'd like a little bit of grace, mercy, and peace? Doesn't that sound good? Verse 3. Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that that same faith continues strong in you. That is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Paul's message to Timothy and his message to all people is that there is life to be found in Jesus Christ through faith in him. This is the gospel. This is the message about Jesus. There is life to be found if you will put your trust in him. If you will come to him, acknowledge your sin and call on him, there is life to be found. There is no other way to be saved than through Jesus Christ. We can help people. We can be kind to people. We can tell them nice things. We can do nice things for them. But there is no other way to life and eternal life than through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul says to Timothy, don't deviate from this truth. Don't deviate from this. You never graduate from the gospel. You know, everything we have to to learn about Christ, everything we have to learn in Scripture, all comes back to the gospel. We never graduate from understanding that Jesus is our Saviour, that we are sinners, that He has made us righteous and holy and perfect in God's sight. And that will take a lifetime and an eternity to understand to its completeness. It is amazing. And this is the message that Paul preaches. But I want to ask the question this morning, if we're going to have life through faith in Jesus Christ, we need to know what is faith? What is faith? How do we have faith? 
Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Then we read in Romans chapter 10 verse 17, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we have this picture, and I want to encourage you when you read the Word of God, not to take a verse and say, okay, God's Word says this, so it means this. I mean, it means what it says. But there are passages that we need to try and understand how they fit together. We can't just take one and say, well, I like this verse, so it's all this and not that. So that verse is wrong and this one's right. We need to understand how to reconcile and how to, how to put those things together. And as we read different verses about faith... We see that faith is a gift from God. But also we receive faith by the Word of God and hearing the Word of God. So we read it and we receive faith, but God gives us faith because faith is a gift from Him. And faith is the confidence of the things that we do not see. You know, faith is not accepting something is true. You can accept that something is true and not have faith in it. You can accept that Jesus is the Son of God, but choose not to have faith in Him. It is only through trusting in Jesus Christ. It's only in putting our, our trust in Him that we are saved. It's not by accepting or even believing it's true. It says the demons believe that Jesus is real, but they will not put their faith in Him. You know, as we focus on God's goodness, on his mercy, on his strength, on his love, faith rises within us. We cannot look to God, the true and living God, the, the saviour of the world. We cannot look to him, we cannot look at him and understand who he is and not be changed. If we will open our heart to God, if we will read his word and say, Lord, show me who you are, we cannot come before the God who reigns in heaven and not be changed. As we open God's word, as we read his word, as we see who he is, his faithfulness, his goodness, his mercy, his plans, his, his strength, his power, faith rises within us. As we, as we read our word, as we, as we meditate on his word, faith rises within us. If we look at all the things around us, faith just disappears. But if we look at him, if we spend time with him, if we be still and know that he is God, we will have faith rise in our hearts. And I want to say to anyone here today that maybe if you've been struggling in faith lately, maybe the last few years you feel like your faith is just... You've got it, but it just feels so fragile. I want to encourage you, don't look at yourself. Look to him. Look at him. His power is strong even when you are weak. His power is made perfect when you know you are weak. And he is able, he is faithful, and if you look at him, your faith will just rise. You know, we're a little bit like solar panels. You put it in the sun, it generates power. If we come before the God who reigns in heaven, he fills us with power. 
if we will come before the God who reigns in heaven and to sit at his feet and let him shine into our hearts, he changes us. He generates something within us that we cannot, cannot generate by ourselves. You know, solar panels are useless without the sun. And we are useless. Our faith is useless without our saviour. Let's soak in his sun. Let's meditate on his word. You know, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, There is life to be found in Jesus Christ through faith in him. And he talks about how he, he ser- this, this God he serves with a pure, a, a clear conscience. He talks about this service and, and service is a product of faith. And if you're trying to work out if, if you're really living a life of faith, I think there's some, some evidences to see the fruit if, if we're really living a life of faith. And one of them is service. Do we have a heart of service? Is our heart about serving? Are we, do we have the same mind of Christ that came to serve? Or is it about us trying to become or do or be whatever we might want to do, be or become? Do we have a heart of service to say, Lord, it's no longer I that live, it's Christ that lives in me. It's not my desires, I just want to live for you, Lord. And he says to Timothy, I've been praying for you night and day. Night and day I've been pleading with God for you, Timothy, because I love you and I want to, I want to see you again. Prayer is a product of faith. If you're trusting in Jesus Christ, if you are trusting in God, chances are you will talk to him. And if we want to know if we're truly living a life of faith, we need to ask ourselves and be honest with ourselves and say, am I living a life of prayer? Am I coming before God and talking to him about my day? Am I seeking him? Am I praying for those around me? Or am I just trying to do it in my own strength? Prayer is a product of faith. And I don't say these things to make anyone feel guilty, but I just want us to see if we're truly looking to him, we will begin to praise him. We'll begin to speak with him. We'll be talking to him moment by moment, day by day. Because prayer is a product of faith. He says to Timothy, you have not been given a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. You know, it's not that we become more powerful. It's not that we become more loving. It's not that we become more self-disciplined. But if we focus on our Savior, if we know God's love for us, and if we're coming to Him, if we're opening His Word, His Word changes us. It's not that we do anything different, but it's God who produces in us. This, this Spirit of God produces power, love, and self-discipline. How's your self-discipline going lately? There's a fun word, isn't there? Self-discipline. Training yourself in righteousness, not just in physical fitness. That's healthy, but spiritual fitness is so much better. What's the evidence of our faith looking like, I wonder? You know, we don't need, you know, we can't transform ourselves. We cannot do it. But through faith in Jesus Christ, we have been transformed. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we have been transformed already and we are who, who Christ has made us through faith. But we want to go on being transformed, that God would continue on that good work that has begun in us. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says this, 
It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. It is yours. You have it. It is, it is ours through faith in Jesus Christ. There is nothing you are lacking. You don't need to ask God to send you something different. We just need to open ourselves to his leading and understand what we have in him. I was meeting with someone through the week who was focusing on this scripture and they've just been so encouraged by it. And I just want to share it with you. Ephesians 1 verse 16 to 20 says, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Let's not just know what we knew last year. Let's grow in our knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. You know, God is excited about having you enter into eternal life with him. You are a part of his rich and glorious inheritance. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross so that you could come to faith in him and have eternal life with him. If you missed that message last week, I encourage you to listen to the podcast. You know, God wants us, sorry, and verse 19, I pray also that you would understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. God wants us to continue to be transformed and changed and we have been justified by faith. But there is a process of sanctification as we continue on in faith. God changes us and grows us for his glory. That's exciting. Let's be excited about the glorious purpose that God has for us as we continue on being transformed for his glory. God wants us to understand what Christ has done. God wants us to know that we have been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. He wants you to know that he has done all that needs to be done. He wants you to know that you are set free, that you, you are loved by God, that you have been filled with the Holy Spirit and empowered to live this life for his glory. He wants you to know what he has done and the power of what he's done in your life day by day. You know, Paul wrote to Timothy that he might know the life that God promised through faith in Jesus Christ. It's not about just trying to live life a little bit better. It's not about just trying to become a better person and, and be a little bit better this year. It's not about trying to transform ourselves and become something that we think we should be. It's about looking to him and letting him do his work in us. Let's allow God to transform us for a glorious purpose in this year ahead. I want to share something, but you've got to keep it a secret. Yeah, you've got to keep, you've got to keep it a secret, if you, even if you're listening on the podcast. I want to share a little secret. And, well, yeah, it's back. It's not that exciting. Well, <laughs> sorry. No. <laughs> this is going downhill. 
Next week in Kids Church, they're going to do a little experiment and um, you've got to keep it a secret because they, they aren't allowed to know. But next week in Kids Church, they're going to little, do a little experiment. Has anyone done the experiment with bicarb soda and vinegar? Yeah, you yeah, have. Fantastic. Don't tell them. Okay. They might not have done it before. They might not have seen it. What happens when you place bicarb soda in vinegar? It does cool stuff, yeah? What happens when you put bicarb soda in water? Nothing. It's really boring. And actually, I'm not sure if they're doing that experiment or the, or the other one. What happens when you put a Mentos in water? Nothing. Maybe after a month or two, it might start to dissolve some colour. I mean, it kind of just goes a bit murky brown. Actually, it goes a bit gross after a while. It probably goes rotten. What, does anyone know what happens when you put a Mentos in Coke? Amazing things. <laughs> Amazing things can be done when you put a Mentos in Coke. And it's explosive. It is powerful. You put it in water, it does nothing. You put it in Coke, it's explosive. You know, I want to encourage you. I want, you, I want to leave you with that picture this morning that you put your faith in, in, in becoming some person, impressing some person, becoming rich, famous, whatever it might be, you put your faith in any of those things, it's like putting a Mentos in water. It's not very powerful. But you put your faith in Jesus Christ, it's like a, a, a Mentos in Coke. And you can't help but see a transformation take place. You put your faith in Jesus Christ, a, a, a transformation takes place that is powerful, that people around will go, whoa, what was that? What's going on there? And they may not like the mess it makes sometimes, but they'll notice. You may be a different person and you may be able, they may be able to help you get away with lies in the office or something last time, but now you're a different person. They may not like it, but you've been transformed for a glorious purpose. Let's allow God to do his work in us that we would be the church that he desires. Let's look to him. Let's praise him for who he is and let's trust him in this adventure, which is life. Amen. I'm going to ask the band to come and we're going to sing a song that says, Behold. Actually, what is it? Behold the Father's... The Father's heart. Behold the Father's heart. Behold the heart of our Father God in heaven who sent his Son to die on the cross for my sin and for your sin. Behold his love for you. Look at his love. Would you just stop day by day and behold the Father's heart? Can we stand this morning? Oh God, I just pray that we would be people who behold the Father's heart. That Lord Jesus, day by day we would stop and that we would remind ourselves of what you have done for us. The great mystery of your love that we would understand that you did it all because of your love for us. And we just thank you, Lord, how desperately you desire us to simply come and enjoy life with you. Lord, we know that that life is not always easy. We know that that life sometimes leads to persecution and suffering. But God, what a joy to be used by the God who loved us so much, 
that he would come and give his life upon the cross. And we thank you, Lord, that three days later you rose again, you defeated sin and death, that we too have this assurance, we have this confident hope, which is faith, that we will have eternal life with you, that we have relationship with you, that our sin has already been washed away, that we are new creations in Christ, we have been transformed for a glorious purpose. And God, we ask that you would have your way in us this year. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.